Hello, this is John Chafee, and you are listening to the 585 Prevention Podcast, brought to you by Partners for Prevention in Allegheny County. Today we have ACASA's community educator, Ann Weaver, to discuss Through with Chew Week, which before I send it over to her, Through with Chew Week started in 1989 by the American Academy of Otolarnology, and, and I want credit for saying that correctly, which focuses on the treatment of the ear, nose, throat, and the head and neck. What's so important about Through of Chew Week and why should we focus on it? Well, actually, it is important because people tend to just put chew by the wayside when they talk about other tobacco use, whereas chew use is very important that we do focus on it because there are at least 28 cancer-causing chemicals, and we know that with chew, people can get the same types of cancers as they can with cigarettes, including lung cancer. And with the chew, the nicotine is delivered in a quicker manner at a higher dose usually so it can become more habit forming than cigarettes or other forms of tobacco. Yeah, the one thing I learned about chew is there's a date on it and most people think that's either a sell-by date or a freshness date and what I learned was because chew when it's moist it actually the longer that it's in that can it actually ferments and the longer it ferments the more nicotine it actually creates. A lot of people probably don't think of that because when we talk about cigarettes, you know, it's a dry product. So you smoke a cigarette, you know how much nicotine's in it or how much is in the pack. But with uh, smokeless products, and the idea, especially when it's moist, is that that fermentation, you could actually be getting more nicotine than you even think about, which I found really interesting. It is a good point to bring up, John, because we think, oh, something is cured. We don't always think that it's fermented. And I'm glad you brought that up because when people use moist dip, they put it in between their cheek and their gum, and sometimes what a pinch or dip is to one person is not that to another person. It's like you said with a cigarette, you smoke your cigarette, you're done. Not so with smokeless tobacco. So let me throw some numbers out there because, like you said, most people don't think of smokeless tobacco products like chew as an important thing to focus on. Conversation's always about cigarettes and smoking. In 2020, the numbers that came out was for adult use and they broke it down by regions. In the Northeast, which includes us and the states north of us, we actually have the highest rate of chew use in the United States at 5.9% for adults. Next closest is the Midwest at 5.5%. Now, what I found really interesting, though, is when you looked at youth use, when I mentioned youth, they're talking about high school seniors. So in 2020, high school senior use in the nation was 3.1%. But if you look at the Allegheny County data, which we have from 2019, CHU use for high school seniors is 9%. SNUF is 8.5%. And SNUS, and Ann will talk about all the different ones and explain what these are, but SNUS is 5.8%. So when you are out in the community and you're talking to young people or adults and you're trying to help them quit or you're giving education on different products, does those numbers seem correct? We have a higher smokeless tobacco use rate than other places. I would believe that because here we are in a rural community too. You can use chew and you can conceal it and you don't need your hands to use it. For example, you can be working on a farm, it's in your mouth, you're not using your hands for your cigarette because there is no cigarette. And because it is concealable, that's usually why people don't understand that youth are actually using it. And I'm not just talking about males. I knew two females who came to me for help to quit chew. So um, definitely, too, someone who uses chew will 
say to me, well, you're not getting my secondhand smoke. That is true, but they, the user, are still getting all those chemicals, including polonium, which is radioactive, and cadmium, which is found in batteries. It's interesting that you brought up two females, because when I played in a pool league in my younger days, we had a young lady, and she chewed. I go, I can't even imagine kissing someone who chews. Her comment was, well, cigarette use is a disgusting habit. But she was chewing, and I'm thinking, smoking a cigarette or spitting into a cup, they both seem kind of disgusting to me. Well, and I've talked to people who use chew, too, who said, oh, yeah, it tastes so much better than a cigarette. So whatever that means, because I've never tried chew, so I don't know. But but I know what you're saying, John. I understand her rationale, but it's still not good for her or anyone else who's using it for obvious reasons. You brought up tasting better. I do store observations in our area. The one thing that I have noticed in Allegheny County and even Cattaraugus County, they have way more smokeless tobacco products. So you're talking about chew, snuff, snooze, the new nicotine pouch products that I know you're going to talk about. But the advertising that is out there for our communities compared even smokeless is usually has more advertising than traditional cigarettes and the one thing that i always notice if it's grizzly or if it's copenhagen skull there's always this marketing of outdoor lifestyle you know we talk about advertising and the effect it has on people and then you look at our numbers which were a rural area and you can tell that they're tailoring the marketing to the people who live here And for young people, I think that is so misleading for them to do. It absolutely is, John. The round tin looks very appealing. We know that candy and lozenges come in those tins. So, oh, we look at that, see the cute little bear or whatever, like you said. It makes it appealing to youth. Well, and you talk about the flavors. So before, you used to have traditional tobacco and wintergreen. But now when you look at smokeless products, you get into cherry, you know, green apple, And all of these different flavors, which you can see would be, you know, appealing to young people. And we know way back in 2009, flavors in cigarettes except menthol were banned because young people used them at a higher level. And I'm wondering at some day, are we going to get through all tobacco products? Very concerning, no doubt about it. We talk it's through with Chew Week. Can you tell us, though, about some of the other products that people might be using that are considered smokeless and then... I'd like to talk about the term harm reduction from your aspect as a person who tries to get people to quit. First, we're talking about the snuff, which I already mentioned, the moist, and that is the fine particles of tobacco that a person puts in his or her mouth. And I believe that that's probably what most people think of when they think of snuff. Then there's dry, which is in powder form, so it can be put in the mouth or inhaled through the nose. And either one of them, well, actually the dry is supposed to be spit if you're going to put it in your mouth. But with the moist, there have been people who sometimes just swallow it, and that is not good because it can contribute to stomach cancer and esophageal cancer. And then, of course, there's the snooze which is the most appealing because it's the moist snuff packaged in a ready-to-use pouch. The pouch resembles a small tea bag, so there's no spitting required. You just put it in your mouth, and when you're done, you just throw it out. And then the other category of smokeless is dissolvables. They're pressed into shapes like tablets, sticks, or strips. And if you think about the four kinds of dissolvables, there are lozenges, orbs, sticks, and strips. And of course, the lozenges and the orbs look just like candy totally concealable 
And then we have the nicotine pouches also, which are filled with fillers, nicotine salt, and flavors like Zen. If you people are out there who have ever seen Zen on the shelf, that's what that is. It is not FDA approved for cessation, but some people will look at those pouches and say, oh, well, I'm not smoking, so I'll just use this for harm reduction, which I will let you ask me that question. If you pay attention to the tobacco industry, like my job makes me do, probably a couple years ago, the big thing was that they were switching away from traditional cigarettes and they were switching towards vaping. Well, as we've seen with the youth rates of vaping going through the roof and uh, studies coming out showing us that young people who vape are more likely to switch to traditional cigarettes as they get older. Now you can see the industry is pushing towards smokeless products like Chew, but also like Zin that you're talking about. And they say the reason why they want to create a smoke-free generation because when they want to offer adults alternative products than cigarettes because they know that most people are not going to quit smoking. So they call these products and say it's harm reduction because we know that 50% of the people who smoke are probably going to die from a smoking-related illness. When we talk about harm reduction from their aspect is well, if you use a product that's not going to give you a 50% chance of killing you, harm reduction. As a person who does cessation and tries to get people to quit and be successful and not using those products again, what is harm reduction to you? Harm reduction is a very controversial term, John, even for cessation, because the point of harm reduction is to result in abstinence. For people who are not ready to totally abstain from tobacco, though, they do cut down, and maybe someone who's smoking says, okay, I'm going to go to chew, knowing that, again, I'm not going to get their secondhand smoke, they're not going to get their secondhand smoke. However, if they cut down to chew, it's not like I, as a cessation person, would like them to stay there, because harm reduction does not mean harm less. And I think that's what people are looking at or not looking at, saying, well, at least I don't smoke anymore. Okay, you're going in the right direction, but you are chewing. So our goal is to get you totally off that nicotine product, including if they do switch, for example, from chew to something like Zen, with Zen not being FDA approved, you can still get addicted to Zen. And because there are fillers in there, there are health effects. So when we talk about harm reduction, we want people to eventually abstain so that there are no health risks at all. So what you're trying to do is not just get the people to quit the product, but also break that addiction to nicotine. And with what you were saying earlier, if someone's smoking and they switch to chew, they could actually be making their addiction to nicotine rise because of the amount they could be getting. Correct? Absolutely, because sometimes when people are saying that, oh, I'm going to chew instead of smoke, which I do not suggest people. So I'm not saying that chewing is less harmful than smoking. Because again, you know, there are so many chemicals in the chew. But when they're doing that, a lot of people end up smoking and chewing because the craving is still high. So there are FDA approved products such as the patch, the gum, the lozenge. And many people have said to me, well, does the patch really work for someone who chews because they need to have something in their mouth? Research shows that the patch is actually very effective for smokeless tobacco users. And what I've learned with working with you all these years, the one thing about becoming a successful quitter is also breaking the habit. So someone who chews, you'd probably want to go to the patch. You have that feeling like with the gum or the lies and something in your mouth. 
wouldn't you want to use the patch? So just like smoking, vaping is not an FDA-approved product to help people quit smoking because it encourages the same motion, which you hand-to-mouth is what you taught me a long time ago. So the patch would probably be the best thing to try first, correct? I do suggest that first, yes. Okay. This whole week is through of chew. Thursday is Great American Spit Out. Can you tell us the purpose behind Great American Spit Out and then some of the steps that you recommend people to help them try to quit? Sure. We're all familiar with the Great American Smoke Out, which takes place the third Thursday in November, and CHEW can be included in that. But because CHEW really is a different product, the focus is just giving up the CHEW even for one day because the purpose behind that is just thinking, if I can just abstain from CHEW for one day, I can do it for two days, I can do it for three, and maybe forever. So usually if someone comes to me for cessation, I give them a star because the star means something, the S stands for set a date. In this case, we're talking about the 25th. The T is tell people. The A is anticipate challenges. And the R is remove triggers. So anything that reminds person of that chew, for example, not having a chew on them needs to be just removed. And people around this person need to know that they're trying to quit because they need to support that person. And I definitely suggest the five Ds, which stands for drinking water, deep breathing, delaying the urge for a craving, doing something else, and discussing it with someone who is supportive. And that someone can actually be me at 585-593-1920, extension 713. Perfect. That's what I was going to end with is that for resources, so if you're an Allegheny County resident, Anne is right here at ACASA. Just give her a call. If you want to start out with some online resources, become an X.org has resources for people who are trying to quit chewing. Is there anything else, Ann, you want to add before we sign off? I just can't emphasize enough, John, how quitting smokeless tobacco is so much better for your health, everyone. You save money, you save time, you save your teeth, you save your life. So please consider that. And again, if you want to talk to me further, 585-593-1920, extension 713. If you need her information later, if you check out our Facebook page or Instagram page at PPAC Central, there's going to be through with Chew post all week long. And I always include Ann's phone number on there for anybody seeking help. But if there's nothing else, remember prevention works and have a successful through with Chew week. Good luck, everyone.